Hey Star Wars fans, welcome to another episode of the Jedi Council podcast. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. If you're new to the show, welcome aboard. We hope you enjoy everything we're going to be discussing today. And if you are back again for another visit, thank you very much for coming back. Uh, hopefully we can keep you entertained for another hour and a half of everything and anything Star Wars. We've got a very special edition podcast today. And we've actually got a bit of a full house. Uh, so to discuss the solo the Star Wars story movie that has recently dropped, and to kind of discuss that today, we have got my good buddy, my brother in the force, Dave. Say hello, Dave. Hello, Dave. Welcome back. We also have a fellow Jedi Council member making his second visit to the podcast. I can't believe it's been only two, by the way, mate. Uh, Mr. Lego himself, Andy. Say hello, Andy. <laughs> Do it now. Hello, Andy. <laughs> Sorry, set yeah. precedent, Dave. What can I say? I know. Well, even Ali said hello, Mr. Ali last. Mr. <laughs> hello, Ali last week. So uh, we're doing well. And um, unfortunately, we don't have Ali with us this week. Uh, he's off doing his own thing that isn't Star Wars related. Boo! Uh, but, Shocking. Yeah, I know. But sitting in his place, we do have. Um, I like to call her the first lady uh, of the Jedi Council. Uh, thank joining us again as a bit of a semi guest, semi automatic guest that we have on the show is Mera. Welcome back, Mera. Thank you for joining us. Say hello, Mera. Thank you for having me. Hello, Mera. Yeah, <laughs> we are three for three. <laughs> so yes, guys, we have got a packed house today to talk to you about Solo. Uh, that's what we're going to be discussing. Uh, for those of you that listened to the podcast before, when we talked about the Last Jedi, we ran for like three shows. Uh, each of around an hour, an hour and 45. I have a feeling we might be doing that again for Solo, but slightly different. Uh, and a quick round the table, guys. Dave, when you left the cinema after watching Solo, what was your initial reaction? It, it was awesome. Absolutely awesome. Loved it. Andy, same question to you, mate. <clears throat> oh, yeah, I thought it was really good. I went with my, my other half, Becky. We both walked out and thought, that was amazing. Really, really, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, didn't really have any sort of preconception as to how, how good it would be. And yeah, we both really, really enjoyed it. I mean, even Becky, my other half, said, Star Wars is back. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, I like that. <laughs> yeah. Mera, what about yourself? When you walked out of the cinema, what was your first kind of feeling and reaction? Well, um, my sister took me, so um, and she was kind of there at the beginning, too. Um, when it first started, it was... A bit of nostalgia for me, which was a good sign. Um, I really enjoyed it. I really did. I want to see it again. I think it's good stuff. Yeah, and I think that's the general reaction. Uh, So my reaction when I walked out the cinema, I actually went to see it with fellow council member Ali. um, And we both kind of walked out the cinema smiling at each other. It felt a little bit (laughs) awkward. (laughs) Uh, A little bit weird. Um, But we kind of walked out gushing a little bit, you know. There was so much of the movie, which we're going to jump into, that was was great. Um, but overall, kind of the feeling of walking out the cinema thinking, I really enjoyed that. Yet, yeah. I remember my, my reaction when I walked out of The Last Jedi to, what on earth have I just seen in complete despair? This was a complete opposite. Uh, it was a lot of fun. It was so enjoyable. Uh, and I think that collectively, uh, across the Jedi Council, we have all thought that this was, uh, to quote Beck, if you don't mind me, Andy, a uh, return to Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but I think she hit the nail on the head with that. Absolutely. But I think before we actually jump into the review, I'm I'm kinda kinda going a little bit of a rant and I think I might tag team with Dave on this one a little bit. But I want to get this off my chest and there have been people on, on Twitter, I've seen it on Facebook groups that have slated solo 
it's a really bad film, how can they do this to us, Disney are killing Star Wars, but then you ask the question, have you actually seen the film, and they turn around and go, well no, so how on earth can you as an individual stand there and say that you really dislike something when you've not even seen it? And, and off-air guys, uh, we had a very conversa- a similar conversation to this. And Dave, the analogy that you used is that your little boy doesn't like anything green. And he says he doesn't like it. But ultimately, he's never eaten it before. It's, it's the same kind of concept as this, right? Yes. I, mean, <laughs> I think that is possibly the best analogy. And it works because... It's the same type of immaturity. It's, mm. yeah, yeah. The context is my my eldest, who's eleven, hates anything green. If it's on his plate, he's an automatic no. I dislike that. He's never had it. He's he's fine with fruit, but he's awful with veg. And it's just a case of no, no, I don't like that. And it's like, well, you've not tried it yet. You've never had it before. It's never been on your plate before. So give it a try. And and that's exactly what we're seeing from these people who are saying boycott solo. I've, I've seen that so many times as a hashtag, boycott solo. Oh, yeah. That, the people that were using not the hashtag. It. Oh. How can you boycott something you don't know what it is? Absolutely, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, a lot, kind of when you see the arguments for this hashtag boycott solo, it's like, oh, it's Disney movie, they're killing Star Wars, blah, blah, blah. And I'm thinking... Are you actually listening to yourself speak? Because, you know, the the fact that the movie is actually really, really good, the fact that they brought in Ron Howard to to kind of fix it, for want of a better word, this guy is a proven pro in what he does. It should be even a a more incentive to go and see it because you know the movies are going to be in good hands. Dare I say it, when you compare that to to Ryan Johnson, that, you know, the, the peak of his career was Looper, which wasn't... It wasn't a bad film, but it wasn't the best. Um, yet, all of a sudden, he's given arguably one of the most important movies from a Star Wars sequel perspective where it's continuing the legacy. And he's completely got it wrong. Whereas, compare that to Ron Howard, who's done a good job. I, I agree. Sorry, that's... Totally that's, agree. Yeah, that's my, <laughs> that's my rant for the start of the podcast. But, Dave, I think there's something that has simultaneously got your goat as well. Well... Okay, so so that's that's part of it, and, and to, to carry on part of your rant, but then to move it into my part of the rant in a way. Okay, so your your rant is the fact that you've got all these haters who've mm-hmm. never seen the movie, who've decided before the movie comes out that they're going to hate it, and the reason that they're hating it is either because a it's made by the mouse. I see that quite a few times. Made by the mouse. The mouse is the devil. We don't want to watch it. Right. Okay. Get over that. Because it's actually made by Lucasfilm, and it's made by a guy called Ron Howard, who is spending Disney's money. It's not Disney that's making this movie. It's a Ron Howard movie, and he's doing it with Disney money. So get over this, I hate the mouse. You're pathetic, and just grow up and go watch this movie and make your own judgment. So that's that's the first part of it, so sorry. Um, <laughs> but, but to continue with that, in that vein, so you've got these haters who are coming in, and a lot of it is based upon how they felt about The Last Jedi. I disliked The Last Jedi. I, I cannot <laughs> say enough how much I disliked The Last I, Jedi. I think you're underplaying you want, it a little bit there, mate. <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna say, if, if you want to know how much I disliked The Last Jedi, just listen to three of our podcasts where I, I systematically destroy The Last Jedi. 
because of how little I liked it. So okay, I think I think did you spend about two and a half of the length of the Last Jedi ranting about the Last Jedi? Was it about four and a half hours in total? Well, yeah, we it did. Was. Yeah, we did three yeah. podcasts of an hour and forty-five, which is what five and a half hours, yeah. give or take, which is actually longer than the film. Yeah, <laughs> twice as long as the film, in fact. So, yeah. so that's how much I dislike the Last Jedi. But, and it was it was because it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie to me. It had everything that a Star Wars movie should have, but for me, it wasn't put together right, and it didn't feel like a Star Wars movie. So, you got all these people who hate 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 Disney because of the Last Jedi, right? So now you've got a solo movie that's come out that is for me. From, from watching, I'm like, Mara's, Mara's with me on this bit in the fact that she's been around. Sorry, sorry, I shouldn't phrase it like that. She, she's been <laughs> she, she's been part of the Star Wars family for 41 years because she saw it originally in the cinema. And I'm exactly in, I'm in the same camp. I've been there for the last 41 years. For me, Star Wars means something, mm-hmm. and that's evolved over time. I'm not a massive um, EU that's become a, leg- uh, a legacy, so therefore I'm a hater of Disney. I enjoyed the EU, I enjoyed the legacy that it has now become, or the legends, or whatever that it's now become. I enjoy them still, but I appreciate that Disney now own it, and they want to do their own thing, and the story's moving forward. And on the whole, the story's moving forward well. Last Jedi, for me, was a blip. But, so you've got these haters of of everything that, that Star Wars now stands for because of The Last Jedi. And so they're boycotting Solo. Now, the, the problem I have with that is that Solo, to, to coin what Becky said, Star Wars is back. Mm. This was, this fell, this, this had the heart of a Star Wars movie. This was Star Wars for me. Yeah. And if you're going to hate a Star Wars movie then what you're going to end up doing, if you're going to hate this movie and make sure that this movie bombs at the cinema so that the Disney, the Lucasfilm execs that put the money into marketing and put the money into these movies, if their view is, well, that type of movie bombs, we're not doing any more of them, you will get your wish and all we're going to see is the Last Jedi-style movies going forwards. Is that really what you want? All these haters of The Last Jedi, Star Wars will become what you hate. Whereas, if you go and watch this movie and make it a success at the cinema and make sure it actually does well at the cinema, then the executives will take note of that and the next movie that they bring out will be another movie that's a Star Wars movie, mm. not a Last Jedi movie. I'm sorry, that's, that, that's, that's my opinion anyway. Welcome to the Ranting Corner podcast of Dave and Alex. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> So, so th- okay, so that then leads me, I think, nicely into the next part of this this rant. So, the last, the, the, sorry, Solo was first announced about 14, 15 months ago. I think it was last February it was announced. At the time, I thought, ooh, going to produce a full Star Wars movie in 14, 15 months. That's a tall order, that. And then there was the change of directorship. Under, uh, under Ron Howard um, midsummer, and I thought oh this is not looking good and then I saw The Last Jedi and I thought oh my god Disney are messing up my beloved Star Wars 
And that, that, to be fair, that was that was where my head was. And then they stuck to their deadlines, and they said, "No, we said we we're going to launch in in May, uh, twenty eighteen, and so we're still going to launch it in May, twenty eighteen." And so, because of the, the the problems that they'd had throughout the production of this movie and the short timelines that they'd set themselves at the first point, it meant that uh, post production work didn't actually finish until four weeks before the movie hit cinemas, which is fairly short lead time for you to then roll out your marketing machine. And this is this for me is where it is really annoyed me that Disney have messed up massively on the marketing of this movie. We're not seeing the hype that's been building. I go to work every day. I work in a company that cla- that that terms itself a creative communications company. We we supposedly have got our finger on the pulse of of um, marketing of creative communications, of delivery of marketing messages. And 99% of the people that work for my company didn't know that there was a Star Wars movie dropping last week. Didn't know about it. They'd not seen anything. They'd, they'd seen the up trailer, but they, they weren't certain when it was going to drop in. And because of the way that Disney had done the previous Star Wars movies, they're assuming it's going to drop sometime around Christmas time because they've only just started seeing any anything appearing in the cinemas. They've only just started seeing the trailers. So their view is it's dropping at Christmas. It's such a massive mistake by Disney. Um, so they've, they've dropped... The, the, so I'm, I'm on a monologue here. Really sorry about this, guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they've dropped a solo movie right in the middle of the early summer blockbuster treadmill of movies. We've just had Infinity War. If, in fact, you might as well go back a few weeks. We had Black Panther, followed by Infinity War, followed by Deadpool 2. All big movies, all with a lot of mm-hmm. hype behind them, all with a massive marketing budget that has been hitting people. You've got, in two weeks' time in the UK, less than two weeks' time in the UK, you will have Jurassic World, which has been, again, massive marketing hype that has been there for a while now. And then you have this little quiet movie dropping in the middle of this 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 blockbuster treadmill called Solo, which will disappear from the UK cinemas in less than two weeks. It will get pushed out and relegated onto second screens and onto third screens. If you want to go see it in 3D, you've got to see it in the next week or so because it will disappear. Yeah, it's such a bad decision by Disney to do it in that way. I think just because to, just to pick on with something, no hype. Yeah, just something yeah. you said there, Dave, is really true. That when you look at Star Wars. When with the takeover, everything has been coming out in December, <clears throat> and ultimately, what Disney have done, I think they've tried to, thereby I say, appease the fans to a certain extent by bringing it out in May. The the, the original tri- trilogy, the prequel trilogy, all were May releases, um, and I think they've said actually we might do the same. The only problem is, is that to your point, it was what a week after Deadpool two, yes, three weeks after Infinity War. Infinity War yeah. was always going to be the big blockbuster of the year. Solo was never going to compete with it whatsoever. I mean, Infinity War is still going strong now in the cinema, let alone dropping yeah. this. So I think ultimately I, I, I kind of get why Disney went for a May release, but ultimately they failed because they have done another big blockbuster release. Still Disney because it's Marvel, right? Um, just a few weeks earlier. So, yeah, I, I think they've kind of dropped a ball a little bit on that one, um, and I think I'd, they, I'd go further. I think Disney execs or Lucasfilm execs, sh- the head should roll over there. Such yeah. a bad decision. 
such a bad... But, but I, I also think, again, to go back to, to what the production problems that they've had with this movie, I think within the within the Disney... I, I don't know if it's Disney or Lucasfilm. I don't know whether you should separate the two. I don't know if you should lump them together. But, but we'll say the Disney Lucasfilm exec board in there... I think there has been a worry about this movie yeah. because The Last Jedi, despite how well it did in the cinemas, didn't do as well as they expected. That's, that is a fact. It didn't do as well as they expected. It was incredibly divisive amongst the fans. You either loved it or you hated it. There was no middle ground on that movie. And so there was nervousness within the Disney camp. And so I think what has happened is that they've decided that they're not going to push the money on the marketing because post-production was finished four weeks before the movie. And it was, it became a little bit too little too late. Mm. I think what happened, and again, I'm, I'm completely making up assumptions here, but I think what happened was that Ron Howard finished post-production and the Disney, Disney Lucasfilm execs, watched the full movie for the first time maybe four weeks ago. I don't think they'd seen it before then. And I think they thought, oh, you know what? It's not bad, this. It's, it's a halfway decent movie, this. This, this. this might actually work. Because the initial plan, and we discussed this, I think, on our last podcast, the initial launch of this movie was meant to be at Cannes in France. Yep. And then that was pulled with a two weeks' notice, and all of a sudden it became a red carpet treatment on Hollywood Boulevard, where they had all the original cast members, including Bill D. Williams, the original Lando was there, the original Han Solo. There was, there was um, the marketing hype seems to have hit America a little bit more than it has the rest of the world. Yeah. And you, you even had the, the, the slightly staged Harrison Ford walking around an interview, that, um, the, I can't remember, the, the Eldon, oh, oh, I yeah. can never say his name, uh, the new the new Han Solo, <laughs> um, was sat in an interview and he walked in and said, get out of that chair, kid. And, and it was all very staged, but it was showing that the old the old guard, the original cast, liked the movie. And I think there's there's been this hype and it's been bought, but I think there's still been this fear at the Disney top level that this movie's not going to do well. So they don't want to throw a load of money at it, marketing, for it to then bomb. Yeah. But, in my opinion, by them not doing that, they've yeah. actually thrown the movie under a bus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's not going to do well. Yeah, and I think just touching on something you said there with the whole wrapping up four weeks before the release of the film, when you think that's the case and the actually an actual the film that was delivered, it's a bloody good movie. It is. And You've sworn twice now. That's how good it is. <laughs> yeah, I'll uh, <laughs> I'll beat that in uh, in post production. I'll do a Ron Howard and uh, make it sound a little bit better. Um, so it's wicked good. <laughs> exactly. So I think, and I, I, you know, I, I don't want to turn this into a rant podcast because I think there's so much good to talk about the movie. There is. Um, and I think Dave, you know, what you said there and articulated incredibly well is, is bang on. Um, and you know, we've, we've obviously started with the, the negative per se, but I think it's now time to jump into the positive. Um, a, a quick warning for everybody: there may be spoilers ahead. Uh, there, there, I don't think maybe is going to be a thing. There is going to yeah, be massive there's, spoilers. There's definitely going to be spoilers. Yeah, hundred percent spoilers. <laughs> we are going to go so far into spoiler territory; uh, it's unbelievable. 
so just before we jump into a little bit of the tail of the tape, um, yes, this is the fourth movie uh, released by a Disney Lucasfilm, uh, obviously subsequently from Force Awakens, um, Rogue One, and then The Last Jedi. It's the second film released, not considered part of an, an story arc or a trilogy per se. Um, it was initially released to, to what Dave mentioned earlier on. It had its Hollywood debut on May the, tw- May the 10th of 2018. Uh, it, then, it then did get, get, get screened in Cannes on May the 15th, but obviously to less pompous circumstances, as it were. Uh, it was then released May 24th here in the UK and other countries, and then, of course, released in May 25th over in the US um, and Canada. So that's kind of where the movie came from. Uh, as we know... Uh, if we think about the moment from a box office perspective, not that I think box office can kind of do this from justice. It's been getting a lot of heat that it's not done well uh, compared to the previous Disney movies, which is incredibly unfair, in my opinion. Uh, but we're going to touch on that in a little while. But at the moment, uh, according to the BBC website, the film is kind of, in, in the US, it's kind of hovering around $103 million uh, from an opening weekend perspective. Uh, and then internationally, uh, it's been claimed to have kind of got to around in, in around $168 million uh, from an international perspective. Obviously, kind of bringing that all together, it's going to be around $272 million. Uh, the film was told to be actually cost $250 million to make. So it's obviously made some money. Uh, it's only four days old, don't get me wrong. Um, but nevertheless, the film is 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 not hitting the numbers that it was expected to. But then it's being criticised for not getting to the levels of Force Awakens, Rogue One, and The Last Jedi, which is completely unfair considering all the turmoil the kind of films gone round. Um, and guys, kind of if disagree with me if you will, but comparing this to the likes of Force Awakens and Last Jedi, it was never going to get those numbers. It's not a tentpole movie of Star Wars. Uh, arguably, it should be because it's it's a really good film. But it's, it was never going to be. A tempole movie where it's going to make uh, this film won't make a billion dollars uh, the way The Force Awakens has and The Last Jedi. I mean, Rogue One didn't even make a billion dollars. That's that's a shame. I, I would say of all of them, Rogue One and this are the two best movies that Disney have done. Right, by far. Yeah, and Ali aside, I think collectively we agree on that. Yeah, I'd I'd agree with that. I mean, I, I The Force Awakens and Rogue One. For me, probably about equal, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. Other than the Last Jedi, to be fair, I, I think they've all been pretty good. Yes, and I, and I think that kind of ties in nicely to everything that we've kind of said in previous podcasts. How we think Disney are doing a really good job um, of, of kind of making these movies uh, and actually doing the, the brand justice. You know, you know, as we all say, Last Jedi aside. Um, it's a bit of a that was a bit of a slip, but nevertheless, hopefully they've started to correct the course of Star Wars, uh, as it were. Um, <clears throat> so that's kind of a little bit. The tale I said of the last Jedi was Bantha Pudu. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> outstanding, Dave. Outstanding. Um, yeah, I think I've got a sound effect. Sound effect for that somewhere. I might slip that in on post production. <laughs> no, no, we need to leave. We need to leave David with his Mancunian accent. <laughs> Just please leave that in. That was fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Dave will be doing impressions of Sebulba next completely uh, <laughs> <laughs> the Manx Sebulba <laughs> oh god could you imagine um, so, I walk around on my hands so <laughs> so with Solo uh, I'm, I'm going to start with the very beginning and I think that's a really good entry obviously it starts the movie right so 
as per most Star Wars films, we have the, the crawl. We saw that it didn't happen in Rogue One. Uh, we expected it not to happen again in Solo. But instead, we were kind of given... We were given text to read as an introduction, but obviously in a different format. Uh, council members, what, what was your kind of take? Andy, I'm going to go to you with this one first. What was your kind of take on the way the film, the way the introduction was done with the text on the screen and the messaging that it was portraying? I, I thought it worked, actually. I didn't, when I first saw it, I thought it was a bit sort of, oh, that's a bit different. But then I suppose the whole film is a little bit different. I mean, if you think this is the first, the first film for me, Correct, again, correct me if I'm wrong, that, that, that sort of sits outside of the the outright chronology of the Star Wars series. Because even Rogue One is a sort of, it's a what? 3.5. 3.5, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, where, where yeah. the Solo movie, where, I mean, we, it sits somewhere in the timeline, but it's a, it is a standalone character film. It's the first one of those. Um, so I expected it to be different. And that, yeah, it worked for me. Um, there, was a, there was a lack of, the only thing I will say, which was a little bit, not disappointing, but there was a bit of a lack of um, Star Wars music as such. There wasn't really a, a Star Wars theme that I could hear in the first sort of five minutes of the film, which was, again, I don't mind that. It, you know, it's a different film. But that, yeah, I, I thought it worked, everyone. Meryl, what about yourself? Well, I it, it did fit, I do agree, um, but it did take me kind of aback because... <laughs> I looked at the screen and I'm like, I've got to start reading. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, where's, where's the beginning? And then all of a sudden the words are on the screen and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so I was taken a little bit surprised by it, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't horrible. I wasn't displeased with it. Mm. So, unique. But good. Yes. Well, link into what Andy just said then. I think now that, now that Disney... Are producing these, what you tend to get at the beginning of, of the Star Wars movies of this generation is the Lucasfilm emblem coming up silently mm-hmm. and then it goes to the movie. Whereas for the six, the first six movies, you had the 20th Century Fox drum roll mm. and the fanfare, which announced the movie starting. So you could then drop to almost a silent with the crawl if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Not that it was silent, because you normally then had the, the Star Wars tune coming in. Um, but you had that fanfare at the beginning, which sort of announced the movie. And I think the way that you get it now, at the moment with Lucasfilm, you don't get that. Because if, if you go back to Marvel, you've got the way that the cinematic, the Marvel Cinematic Universe comes up with the various different characters appearing and the word Marvel forming. Mm-hmm. So you've which, got which I love, by the way. Can I just interject here? I love that. I literally yeah. love mm. it. I don't know why, but I love it. And there, <laughs> there was the, not the new one, but the one that was about three or four years ago. I think it was on The Winter Soldier and a couple of others. The music is just phenomenal. It's yes. so good. And you, so, you yeah. almost hear the comic book flipping as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 It's brilliant. I, I, whether they should, I mean, whether they should do something like that for Star Wars, I'm not entirely sure. But I, I love stuff like that. It really works. It did. So, so maybe it's just, maybe it catches you flat-footed now mm. just because you've got that silent Lucasfilm logo coming up, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah and, and kind of just touching on something that Mara uh, said there with... Um, Mara. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, I've, I've got it right all the way from the start. Straight <laughs> right, that's happening. Correct everything that, yeah, I know. Everything that um, kind of Mara said, you said that it, 
it kind of started and then you think, oh my God, I have to read. And I think the thing that jumped out for me in a good way was that the text that it was written in was exactly the same colour as a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And I felt yes, well, it, yeah. it, didn't, it didn't disjoint it. It just felt different. And, and obviously the fanboy I, that I am, I was like, oh, it's a shame we don't have a crawl. But ultimately, I actually don't mind. Uh, it, it kind of felt it felt natural for the film. And the other thing that, that, that occurred to me straight away was that, obviously, once the text had gone, <clears throat> unlike, again, unlike every other Star Wars film that we've seen, it didn't go into a scene that had uh, a ship or outside in, a, in, in space looking at a planet. It went straight to Corellia. You know, there was no dropping of a camera into a space scene which is obviously what we've seen in every movie, even Rogue One, I think. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah, every single movie. But, again, it didn't take me out of it. I thought, oh, this is a little bit different, but I'm enjoying it nevertheless. Well, I think that's what we have to get past now. It's not It's not supposed to be the same as the Skywalker saga, right? Yeah. I mean, this is a whole new... These are different chapters. These are different stories. Um, and I think what... Um, is common with people who have, you know, my generation seeing the original uh, around here, that is, is that they have an expectation that if it's not exactly the same, it, it's not good. At, and yeah. I'm just like, well, it is as good. It could be even better. Yeah, you know, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Yeah. I think the word's evolution, isn't it? It's an evolution of what we know. Yeah. And that's, again, I don't want to start the rant, but this was the issue with The Last Jedi. It was an evolution, but for me it wasn't in the, wrong, in the right direction at all. Where this, this is an evolution of the Star Wars universe, albeit obviously it's, it's, it's historical in the context of the, of the chronological films. But the way Disney have produced it, and obviously you know, modern filming techniques and all that sort of stuff, but mm. it still felt very traditionally Star Wars. Yeah. Albeit Last different. Jedi wasn't an evolution. Oh. No, exactly. Uh, there's, there's a very, very was a, difference. A, a abomination like Frankenstein that was <laughs> that was created rather than. Uh, <laughs> like, like I said, let's not yeah. start a rant. Let's, let's, let's stick on. Let's, let's stay on target. Uh, pardon the yeah. pun. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. an evolution. It's, it's an evolution of the Star Wars universe, isn't it? Yeah. It, 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 and it is people that people that want the same film over and over again. Well, there's no point. I mean. You know, if they want that, then you just remake the original trilogy, and then people wouldn't be happy because they say it wasn't the original. So well, you're never going to. Well, that, that well that's what JJ Abrams did, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's exactly the same. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. You, you're damned if you do, and damned if you don't with certain people. Uh, but what yes. I think, what I think, Solo has done is kind of said, okay, we have fans of the the original trilogy that expect things to be done in a certain way. But then again, we've got these new fans that have been on board with the Disney takeover for the fans of like Rebels, even the prequel trilogy and and the sequel trilogy as well. And basically, they've kind of, Ron Howard has seemed to have gone. I'm going to try and appease both sets of people, and arguably yes. he has succeeded really well because you oh, get gotcha. you get huge oh, yeah, amount of I nods. Think he has, yeah. yeah, you get yeah. massive nods okay. to the wider Star Wars universe. But you also get these new, nice touches for new characters that have kind of come on board as well, uh, and even introducing new characters that we've seen in the sequel trilogy and, and, and in Rogue One. So, you know, the way things have done, I think he's really done a good job to try and appease the fans. Um, is it fan service? Well, maybe. Um, but I'm not going to argue with that because I loved it. it. But isn't that what Star Wars should be about? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it's funny. It's, it's funny Star Wars that. would not have the love 
it wouldn't be making the money now if they didn't understand how important the fans are. Yeah. And just on that, I'm going to divert the conversation just a very little bit, but I will come back to it. Yesterday in Disney World, um, it was Galactic Nights. So in one of the theme parks in Hollywood Studios, from like 8pm through to like 2 o'clock in the morning, you had to buy a ticket. It was a Star Wars night in the theme park, and it looked absolutely immense. And as part of that night, they had a panel with some of the Imagineers at Disney who were building Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, the new land that they're developing in Florida and California. And the opening line that one of the guys who was the Imagineers said was, we do this for you. And he's talking to the audience because obviously it's for the Star Wars fans. We do everything that we're doing is for the Star Wars fans. Everything that we do at Disney is for the Star Wars fans. And what you just said there, Dave, hits the nail on the head in that they have to do this for the fans because ultimately it's the fans that make the money. And um, we all know Disney are a business and they want to make money, etc. So they need to do things for the fans to make them stay loyal to the franchise. So that's kind of where I diverted a little bit to bring it back to Solo. Um, so I think that in itself is kind of speaks volumes. Well, that's exactly what Anthony Daniels said when we met him in Germany in 2013. Yes, Bon. Yeah, yeah. He he said to us, as completely off the cuff, whilst we were in a bar of all places, he turned around to the pair of us and said, "We do this for the fans. Mm. We would be nothing without the fans." Mm-hmm. He was such a humble man, such a nice man. Which is now why, why 3PO is your favourite Which is droid. why 3PO is my favourite droid. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, Mary. That's no, okay. <laughs> so again, kind of bringing it back to bringing it back to Solo, I think that, you know, the way that the Ron Howard the way that Ron Howard kind of started the movie, yeah, it was different, but it kind of felt familiar at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a fair comment, yeah. 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 And and obviously we're then introduced to Corellia, which is the home planet of of Han Solo, um, and of course we then meet Kira, uh, his his girlfriend, um, which again, if you're a loyalist, a lot of people are going to be going, no, 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 his only girlfriend should be Princess Leia. Um, but, you know, everyone everyone has a past. You would imagine that the scoundrel that he is, uh, clearly he would have a past, and clearly he has. Um, he was going to run away uh, with, with Kira, we know that. Um, and, and I think the way that they kind of built the Corellia world was 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 fantastic. Uh, again, if you're kind of loyal to the EU books, um, Corellia was this distant planet that was done was kind of around the, the the building of spaceships. Which again, this movie does really well. The main difference was in the books, Corellia was left alone by the Empire. Uh, they had an agreement: you build our ships, we're going to leave you alone. You can do your own thing. Whereas obviously, this there's a heavy presence of um, oh. of the Empire on Corellia, and I really liked it. What did you guys think? That's an open question to anyone who wants to answer. <laughs> <laughs> I'm conscious I ranted early, so I thought I'll let other people know respond. Mary, what did you I, think? I, 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 ladies first. Go, for, go, for, go Mary. Uh, ladies first. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, I I, uh, I did like it. Yeah, it was... Uh, I am coming from total ignorance of the EU, so uh, I don't have anything to compare it to. But I thought it was very well done, and... Uh, and um, no, I liked it. Kind of gritty, kind of made sense for where Han came from, in my opinion. And just to see the things that happen in the background. Um, what do you call those big, um, you know, on the Star Destroyers, the, the big round things? Oh, the deflectors. <laughs> uh, it's, the, it's the deflect shield generators. Yeah. I need to educate myself. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, weren't they making those there? Like they it was were. The and it was lifting out. I thought that was really a nice touch. 
I, I, I saw that as well. I like that. Yeah. Yes. There was a lot, actually. There was a lot of background detail in it, which was fantastic. And uh, those scenes at the start, um, I, I picked up on quite a bit. There was bits of bits of kit that I recognised. Again, I, I, like Mera, I, I'm not sure what half of them were called. You you, wasn't it? It, it? To be honest, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, I'm sure I've got that in my drawer. <laughs> um, but yeah, the, yeah. It, I, I thought that was pretty cool. There, there was a lot of sort of nods back to the Empire era ships. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I stuck that throughout the movie. I thought that was very ingenious. Ron Howard's yeah, yeah. great. Yeah. I, did, it, did anyone else actually quickly, did, what we're talking about at the start of the film, was it really dark for all you guys? I don't yes. know it was just the cinema that was showing it for me. I yeah. was really struggling at that for about the first sort of 10 or 15 minutes. Yeah. I thought that all the, the opening scenes were really dark. Yeah, I think I was watching it in 3D. Yeah. I was watching yeah, 3D. It does darken the picture, doesn't it, a little bit in 3D? Yeah, yeah we yeah, watched it in 3D and had the same remember. kind of thing, but. Again, I, I just thought it was they're trying to create this dark and dingy world, and therefore it's always going to be a little bit darker. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think for it, I, I took my three glasses off. Was, if it was the if it was the um, deliberately filmed like because it really worked. Yeah, it yeah. Really worked. The, 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 and I couldn't. The owner of, of Han and Kira, she couldn't stand sunlight, could she? Yeah, <laughs> true, true. So maybe it was deliberately kept dark and what have you for her and her troops. Yeah, because as soon as they opened the shield, uh, he threw the rock, didn't he? Uh, yeah. His thermal detonator. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which I thought was and absolutely such brilliant. A nod. That is such a nod to Return of the Jedi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it, well, there was a few of those, wasn't there? It kind of jumping ahead what? a little bit is when Beckett wears the um, the disguise oh, that Lando wears. Suit. Yeah. <laughs> when I saw that, I so I was obviously in the cinema with Ali. When I saw that, I grabbed Ali and was like, oh my God. Um so yeah, apologies for that, Ali. Uh, I think I'll so, you someone a told, actually no, no, we're jumping around a little bit. Someone actually commented on on a friend of mine. Um, he actually went to see it, and he commented to me personally. He said, "Are we expected to think that Han Solo has kept a bunch of costumes in his ship for the last ten years, <laughs> <laughs> well, just hanging around because you never know, I might need them." It's, it's funny it's you like, say yeah. that. Yeah, I mean, when, when you think of the timing of this film, right in the one thing that the two things that I liked about this film was one, it didn't explain anything for you. You know, we never saw the name of the the planets that they're going to. When you think of Rogue One and Last Jedi, every time they change planet, it came up in yes. big font. Um, this didn't happen at all, um, and I, I thought that was really good. And the other thing is that we we think this movie is set around. I think it's around kind of like ten years before A New Hope. I think. Yes. Um, but but um, Chewie's 190, so that makes sense. Yeah. Right. So, and then the only time we see a jump is when obviously Han enlists in the Empire, um, and then obviously we get three years later. Yes. Uh, that's the only time it, it jumps around, and I thought that played it really well because then if we think of when this is set, it's ten years before the Battle of Yavin. It then jumps to seven years before the Battle of Yavin as well. So, but it doesn't do anything else. And I thought I thought that was a really good way to tell the story. I don't know about any of you guys. Yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Yeah, it really worked for me. And mm-hmm. yeah, just kind of while I while I touch on it, the one small gripe I'm not going to lie, the small gripe I have about this is his name. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's the one thing. Yeah, I when it happened and he was like what's your name and he's just gone Han 
-hmm. And then obviously he's asked for a surname and he didn't give him one. And I'm like, this is this is key because obviously before the movie, um, I think it was it. I can't remember if it was Kathleen Kennedy or Ron Howard. They say that they address his name. Yes. Which made me think, oh my god, maybe Hansard is not his real name, whatever. And then when it gets to this point, I'm thinking, just say the word solo, please, because it would make things so much nicer for me anyway. All of a sudden, he doesn't give him a surname, and the guy goes, well, you're travelling on your own, so you're Han Solo. And I'm thinking, oh, I, I, I don't know if I like that. Well, the, the thing for me with that, because I, I agree with that, yeah. is that it's a very Western Christian thing to have a first name, last name. Mm-hmm. But Yoda doesn't have a second name. Obi-Wan Kenobi is three. Qui-Gon Jinn is three. So do you need a family name? Well, he didn't want his family name, right? Well, that, yeah. that, that's it. Because obviously he, he clearly it, had a surname. A Western, because, it's a Western yeah. Christian thing, that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it just got me because I thought this could be a perfect way for them to say, actually, you know what his name actually is, Han Solo. You know, yeah. Because um, now we're going to have theories, and I can see it already. People are going to be saying, "Well, what's actually his real name?" You know, God knows. Somebody yeah. will probably come up with some stupid theory. He's a Skywalker. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, the way that apparently oh. Ray was in the last Jedi. So, for me, I, I thought that was a thing that they kind of missed that they could have executed really well. It, I, I kind of get. He was probably ashamed of his family. Clearly, you know, he, he makes that comment yeah. at one point during the film, but. I would have thought it would have been a nice way for them to address it better, personally. I, I'm going to disagree with you on think I thought it was really clever, personally. Right. I, 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 I thought, uh, back I, I, all the time you're thinking, why is he called Han Solo? Right. And then it was like, well, actually, obviously his name's Han. It, it, I mean, we say Han, but obviously he, got, he says Han. Um, and then all of a sudden... He doesn't have a second name. But maybe, maybe Han doesn't. Maybe he's just called Han, and then that's, but that's, for some reason well, the Imperial. Yeah, but they, maybe the Imperial. Why does he need a second name for him? Why did he need a surname? Because if he has a surname, then he has a Christian name, and a Christian name comes from Christianity. Yeah, but Mace Windu, Luke Skywalker, <laughs> yeah, they've, just, all, they've all got two names. It, it's they have. Yeah, it, it's, it's chicken and an egg, really, to a certain extent. It's yeah, we've got. One names, we've got two names, we've got three names. I'm trying to think of yeah. four names, but they probably don't exist. Um, you know, so there's always Anakin Skywalker. You know, there, there are first and last names, and to, you, your, your point is bang on, Dave. Um, what? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sebulba. <laughs> yes, Jabba. As a chance, well, no, he's the hut. So, yeah. But no, I he think. I'll come back in about half an hour when you've been through the entire eight many <laughs> films now, listing really? every single character with a single name. And the scary thing is, I know you could both actually do it. Yeah, yeah. Let's... And you probably wouldn't miss yeah. one. <laughs> yeah, mate, we'll we leave that for another podcast, I think. Uh... Yeah. No, I mean, don't forget, okay, so you've got Han and you've got Kira. Yeah. No, yes. yeah. What's Kira's surname? Absolutely. We don't know. Is it, is it, is it, is it not a first name's Q and a last name's Era? I don't know if it's hyphenated, isn't it? So I, my, my impression was Obi-Wan is his first name, and Qui-Gon is the first name, and then obviously Jin could actually be her surnames. Well, it's how it's spelled, isn't it? Her name is spelled Q-I-R-A, I think. 
apostrophe? I thought it was Q apostrophe. I can actually, I can hear viewers turning the, the this this podcast off as we're discussing it. I can I can hear the stop buttons being pressed. <laughs> Shall we move on? Yeah, yeah, okay. let's move on. Uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> but yeah, we Corellia do. Meet, was we, amazing. We, <laughs> we do meet we do meet Kira, um, but obviously, uh, again, she's a brand new character for the film. Uh, we know she has that relationship with Harm uh, during the film. Um, and I must admit, I thought I thought she was an interesting character. Um, she was clearly deep, deep into uh, the, the the bad guys group. Oh my god, what's their name? I've completely forgot their name. Crimson Sun. The Crimson Sun. Crim- yeah. Crimson uh, Crimson Dawn. The Crimson Dawn. That's it. Yeah. Dawn. Crimson Dawn. <laughs> um, I, she was clearly deep into that organisation. Black Suns. Sorry. Um, with the the stamp on her wrist. Uh, which is obviously later on, and she clearly then had feelings for Han. Or did she? You know, do you think she was actually planning him off to make her leadership happy? You know, she she she, well, she, she did originally. Yeah, yeah. But she did things over the three years when she was alone, and she never thought Han was coming back. She did things to become what she became, I guess. And she even said, same that, as he did. Yeah, yeah. She even said the fact that she she done things that she didn't want to tell him about. But well, think, that's the difference between them. He's scoundrel that he is. He still is got a good heart. Yes. You know, wanting to be loyal, wanting to be um, what do you call it? Stand-up guy, basically. Yeah. I mean, she does. She says that, doesn't she? She's like, I know yeah. who you are. You're the good guy. Right. And, exactly. And I think she's kind of hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Where she was willing to compromise and do what she did, he has a set of standards. More rules, yes. absolutely, yeah. Um, and I, I think the dynamic between them was interesting. Um, uh, a, a lot of people are probably going to compare the relation, the, the kind of interaction between them two to, to Han and Leia, but I think they're oh. very different relationships at very different points in time, so I don't think it'd be fair, personally. Um, no. But I think she was a great character, I really did. Yes. Well, he was a lot more of a, of a poppy dog-style character to start off with. He was naive, um, which you would expect. He's grown up on a on a planet where he's he's been someone's property. Right. Um, he he's not aware of the wider world. His, his first awakening to that was to become a member of the Imperial Army. And don't you Whereas, think? That, oh, sorry, Dave. No, 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 no. Go on. Well, I just was saying that um, Leia has a lot of Kira in her a little bit. I mean, people are going to kind of compare them, which they shouldn't because it's a different era, but he's drawn to that in Leia later. Yes. In my opinion. Ah, yes. Yeah. Strong, yeah. the strong woman. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I, I, that is, that's a very good point actually. Yeah. Yeah. And this is why we have a lady on board. <laughs> Absolutely. And this is why you're the first lady of the Jedi council. Um, oh, uh, I think it, it, it worked out quite nicely. That, yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that, you know, um, the way that she is with him is that probably teaches him a lesson as well to a certain extent. Yes. Yeah. Starts to wake him up to the wider world <clears throat> universe. Yeah. And uh, it's kind of good that the way that we see the interactions with them. But we then also then kind of as we progress through the film, we see his meeting with the monster. I think that's what they call him. Oh, 
Um, and well, I'm going to I'm going to turn to our resident Chewy, Andy. What did you think, mate? <laughs> oh, yeah, go, on, go on, do go on, do the impression. <laughs> Perfect. Clap, clap, clap. I just gave I just gave you my opinion. Wow, <laughs> I understand. No, um, I, I thought I thought that was pretty good actually. There was a, there was an element of the rancor pit. Little bit, yeah. yeah but mm. I felt not... so bad for him. Yeah, oh, yeah, right. I thought it was really good, and it was a really, a really great way of them or portraying the way that they met. I don't know. Again, like like Mera said earlier, I have no knowledge of any of the um, sort of expanded universe and comics and everything. So I watched this film with a complete, you know, blank sheet of paper almost. So I didn't know how they met. Like I said, I didn't know anything uh, about any or any, anything that's been written about Han previously. I have no idea. So the fact that they met like that, I thought that was really clever. I thought it was really well done. And Han speaking Wookiee? Yes. Perfect. He was better at it than I am, to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you knew it was you knew it was going to be chewy in there, right? I mean, did everybody just know that the... the, the I didn't, the, I didn't was, know what it was going to be to start off with. No, I didn't. Oh, I thought, oh no, what's yeah. this? When, no, it's just... Oh, yeah, I when, feelings about stuff, Dave. So it's like I got a feeling. So yeah, yeah when they um, when they said you're going to meet the monster, I was yeah. thinking I have got no idea where this is going to go. Oh yeah, no. Um, it has been a muddy planet. Yeah, I assumed it was something that was native to the planet. I'm guessing that was Mimban, that planet. Yeah, I'm imagining so as well. No, I knew it was chewing. Uh. Yeah, and then and then when you saw the lights, I realised it was chewy. <laughs> My heart broke. Yeah, but wow. I, yeah, and it, to your point, Andy, it was yeah, it's very different to how uh, Han and Chewie met in the um, in the in the books because obviously this was explained in the books. Uh, it wasn't referenced at all in the film, um, yeah. and obviously then Chewie has this life debt, which is the reason why he hangs around Han going forward, and I think. While it isn't explicitly said that it's a life debt in in Solo, we do see Han saving Chewie's life uh, a couple of times, uh, which yes. I think is the implied life debt that he owes um, Han. However, there are a couple of times where Chewie actually saves saves Han as well, and I'm thinking, hold on, you, you've kind of lived up to your side of the bargain. You could probably leave by now. Um, what? You know, I, I personally think the... Um can we go forward a little bit? Sure. When the other Wookiees yes. enslaved, and Han, uh, I mean, obviously, Chewbacca wanted to set them free. I really think there was a key um, uh, bonding at the moment where Han gave him the the staff or the, the electric thingy-wingy yes. and mm. said, go for it. Obviously, it gave his approval. Yeah, that's exactly. what you do with your heart. To set his people free, basically, and I think Chewie that meant a lot to Chewie in this movie. That's what I got. Yes. Like that was kind of the beginning of we're going to be friends. Yes, I agree totally. It, it was a case of do what's right. This, I, this, this, this is a heist. You're not. You don't have to do that. Do what's right. Yeah. I, I like that, and I also, if we if we're discussing that bit of it, I like the nod to Rebels there, where mm. where we saw in in the very first episode of Rebels, and 
the rebels released the Wookiees who had been shipped to yeah. Castle to work yes. in the mines. So that was nice. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's, that's that was a really touching scene. The way that there was a point in that that actual shot wasn't there where you saw Chewie touch heads with um, another Wookiee, um, yeah. as if to say, kind of thank you. And in the, we see this scene in the trailer, and there was a lot of assumptions being made. Oh my God, we're going to see Chewie's family. We're going to see, uh, all yeah. the, you know, but yeah. obviously that that wasn't the case. But it was a extended family, clearly, as they are all, all Wookies. Uh, and I thought that was a really nice touch to have that that moment because it meant a lot not just to them uh, as clearly as a, as a race, but also to Chewie as an individual as well. Well, yeah, and Chewie made an individual choice there too because he could have gone with them, but he chose to stay with Han. Yeah, he did. So I thought that was very, you know, that's that's the cementing of their their right. family, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, oh, I totally agree with that. Um, so obviously we've gone through, we've met. Harm with Kira, with Chewie, we then ultimately meet Beckett and his crew. Um, I thought the introduction of Beckett, it was really interesting because we've seen kind of uh, action figures, Lego figures of, of Han and uh, the guys in. Actually, before we go to that, did anyone else think Han in a Stormtrooper outfit was actually really cool? Yes. Yeah. Was it a Stormtrooper? It was um, Mud Troopers, Mud wasn't, troopers, wasn't yeah. it? Yes. Yeah. Okay, just just on that note, so does this imply that if you're a stormtrooper, then you're more elite? Because it was when you saw them on the battle in the Mimban, you had these these normal troopers, for want of a better word, who were wearing partial armor. The helmets were open, and they just had goggles that they pulled on them. Whereas the stormtroopers were full face helmets, proper. Mm proper armour. So is, is this implying that there's another another class of trooper in there and stormtroopers are an elite, despite not being able to hit anything? <laughs> um, if that's the case, yeah. how bad is the normal troopers? I was going to say, you wouldn't worry if you saw a mud trooper, would you, on that, on that basis? No. <laughs> well, Slinging mud. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, that's it, isn't it? You know, the, the, it's implied that that he gets kicked out of the Imperial Navy um, for not following Principal orders. Principal sedation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he ends up as a mud trooper. So with that in mind, you've got to imagine that if the mud troopers are where all the bad kids end up, they're not exactly going to be the most um, scary bunch of individuals coming at you with a blaster, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's very true. But, true. but I still think the way that he... I, I, did, I didn't expect it to be him when he lifted up the helmet. Um, no. Because there's been no point in any kind of reference to Solo, whether that be in EU Legends or even in, in the New World, where he was a Stormtrooper. Because that's effectively what he is, right? He's a Stormtrooper, but a, a Mud Trooper. Um, well, yeah, one, one step below Stormtrooper. Yeah. Right. There was always that assumption that he was in the Imperial Navy, he was a pilot. Yes. Um, Which is why he had the piping down his legs. Yeah. So, therefore, you kind of think, oh, where's this coming from? But then as soon as he lifted up his helmet, I was like, oh, wow, that's pretty cool. I, li- I like that. I, to be fair, I like the uniform. I'm waiting to get my hands on a Black Series version of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> You've taken the words right out of my mouth there. I, I'd love to get that. Or even a Lego buildable figure. Yes. Oh, yes. Another collection, Dave. Yes. 
I'm actually hoping to see a full a full sort of Lego version of. I mean, I don't know what ship that is. I don't know what it was called. That they that the they want to do that mission on. Oh yeah. You know, yeah. Oh yeah. Obviously, it's, it's some type of shuttle, isn't it? Yeah, that was pretty cool. More of an industrial-looking shuttle. Mm. Yeah. Well, yeah, especially when they use it to kind of jack the the train. Um, yes. The way that they use it, it's like a lifting shuttle. Uh, Dave, I think we might have to have another uh, podcast where we discuss additional ships and include that in there, because I thought that was a pretty cool ship, to your point, Andy, as well. Yeah, yeah, I really like that. Mm. You, know, you see something, I mean, obviously, like I always do, I just sit and watch the film and think, oh, that would be cool to build. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that was it. That was a really cool one. Yeah. And you can also you can also imagine the, the sort of playset element, like you say, of the, the lifting the, the stuff up. Mm. Um, okay, if, if we're going down that, then I'll tell you what I'd like to see. Um, because I've got the, the Lego buildable scout trooper on speeder bike. What I'd like to see is, you know, when they're on Corellia and the, the Stormtrooper police were yeah. chasing Lando? Yeah, that's likes. I'd love to see one of them in that same scale. Yeah. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah. That'd be very cool. Yeah. And actually, yeah. again, we're we, we going off the tangent now. Um, Hans Speeder. Or like a that he stole. It's yeah. fantastic. Like, it really works. Yeah. yeah. You can buy that in Lego, Andy, by the way. I, have, I haven't yeah. yet, but I've got my eye on it. <laughs> Excellent. No, it's, it's, got, it's got him and it's got Kira, and it's also got one of those Corellian hounds, I think, with it. The, um, yes. Oh, the, the ones that chase them. Excellent. Oh. Yeah, that is pretty cool. That is, that is definitely on my shopping list. <laughs> and I think that... Does it come with his dice? Oh, yes, the dice. Oh, the Lego dice. That would be really cool. Yeah. No, that would be cool. They'd be very small. If, um, if it Black Series. I'd say Black Series should release one of them at yeah. live scale because they've done the helmets. They've done the Stormtrooper helmet. They've done um, a... Poe Dameron helmet and they've now done the Darth Vader helmet they should just do the dice well I've seen people tweet in the states saying that you can buy the dice somewhere Um, I'll have to dig around uh, on my Twitter feed and try and retweet it for the benefit of the listeners but yeah I've seen a few people kind of um, actually have dice in their hand whether that be a a special collectible uh, one way or another for for one of the cinemas I don't know Uh, or if it's just a general Toy, for want of a better word. I don't know. But I've seen it and I'll find it. Ooh. But I'd love to get my hands on some of those dice as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I'd have them in my car. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's just it. Hanging hang it over your wing mirror. Uh, not your wing mirror, <laughs> your ribbing mirror. One, yeah. one thing I didn't understand. What was the significance of those? Because we didn't, they didn't really do anything in the film, did they? They were just something that they would... Like they were good luck charm. Yeah, it was a good luck charm. Held. Yeah, so he had them. He put them on his uh, rearview mirror <laughs> um, in in the speeder that he that he stole, and then obviously took them off. And then when he got separated from Kira, he gave them to her for good luck. And then when they met three years later, she gave them back to him. Yeah, right. So again, the the, the backstory for those haven't been explored, but you'd have to think that maybe they were his dads or something like that. Who knows? No, I assumed it was just some sort of heirloom, yeah, and a good like a good luck charm. Yeah, so then as we move the story forward, uh, kind of touching back to where I did start with this point of the, of the conversation, <laughs> whereas he met, we meet Beckett, 
Um, and he's obviously dressed as a as an imperial officer. He and uh, his crew. Is he, um, is he captain? Yeah, he's captain with bullet holes, laser blast yeah. holes in his in his shirt. <laughs> It's just the way that had actually points that out. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the, inter- the Woody Harrelson plays the character really well. Uh, yeah. He's very much, again, this is kind of in relation to the original thought process that Star Wars is a bit of a space western. And we see that with, with Beckett, the way he handles his gun, the way that he kind of twists it in his fingers, puts it in his mm-hmm. holster. That whole space western thing can't really comes to life, and even Han asked him to teach him how to do it. He's like, no. Uh, I, I thought it was was really cool. Um, it's almost like a Cad Bane style character. Yes, because he had the long trench coat on. The only thing yes. he was missing was the hat. Um, yeah. So obviously we meet we meet him and his crew. I mean, I thought it, the way that the story panned out with that particular crew. Dare I say it reminded me of Ocean's Eleven. Uh, the way they kind of planned the heist, the way they wanted to do things. Uh, what did you guys think of Beckett and his crew? I'm going to hand that over to Dave. I loved it. I thought it was great. And I loved the fact that he was in part mentor to um, Han Solo and, and starts to set Han Solo down this path of being a scoundrel. But... He's also still a very dark character, and even if he is your mentor, he's still not someone that you'll trust. Right. As he as he proves. Right. But right, okay, massive spoiler here. He dies at the end, but the way he dies ties back to the Greedo shootout on A New Hope. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And Han Sok shot first. Yeah. yeah. I just thought that was so poignant, that bit. I really like that. Yeah, I really liked Woody in this. Yeah. Yes, yes. Woody did it fantastic justice. Yeah. Great, great actor. Really good actor. Yeah. He made it believable, kind of that, you know. That, that was the thing, I would say, for all of the characters in mm. this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All of the characters, no matter who they were, even even Quinlan Ross, the, the the main bad guy in this, it was I don't know. You just you just had this fantastic believability of all the characters. There was depth to them. Even if you just met them, there was still depth to the characters. It didn't feel like it was it yeah. was a, a, a 2D cutout just to fill a space. I, I didn't want to cut you off, Dave, but you said Quinlan Ross. It's Drayden Voss. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Where's Quinlan from? Quinlan Voss is uh, the Jedi. Yes, there you go. Yes, Maybe they're related. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Oh, that would be really cool. Could you imagine that? Anyway. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so obviously we meet we meet Beckett. Uh, we also then see the exchange between him and Han about the blaster. This is where Han's blaster clearly comes from. We see Beckett kind of taking apart like a rifle and then handing over to him this, this blaster. And I thought that scene was quite cool because it didn't, it kind of didn't mean anything to Beckett or Han at the same time, but us fans, again, maybe this was a bit of fan service, but the way it was kind of created and and the blaster was given to him, I'm thinking, wow, this is, again, this kind of hits the nail on the head for, for kind of pleasing some of the fans. Well, he kissed it as a send off. Did you notice? Yes. Sort of blessed it. Yeah. This is yours for good luck. There you go. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. Um, but that ties into the rifle that is used by um, 
Oh, in Rogue One. Um, Cassian? Cassian Andor has that rifle that he takes to pieces. Oh, yeah. yeah. That is a great callback. Or foreshadowing, depending on when it happens. Yeah. yeah, it would be so foreshadowing. It looks like yeah. you've got these modular weapons that, with certain additions, make them longer range or what have you. Which I really like. That's a great idea. Because effectively, it's just... Because they're energy weapons, you just attach certain things that turn them from being a shorter range pistol to a longer range rifle. Maybe with the addition of a stock that gives it a larger battery pack. Or maybe Mm. a longer barrel gives it a longer emitter so it can shoot further. I I like that as an idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, and as part of so then obviously we see the gun exchange but then we meet Beckett's crew we meet Val who is his partner uh, from what we can yes. tell by the way that they are um, and then we also meet Rio Durant I think it was uh, who is the Ardinian voiced by John Favreau which I thought was pretty cool um, and then obviously Val was voiced by Sandy Newton uh, it was Sandy Newton not voiced by Sandy Newton sorry she did, yeah it wasn't just voiced <laughs> <laughs> um, getting my words mixed up but yeah she, and again I think those two um, Val in particular was was again the, the, the roguish uh, kind of female in, in the film and the thing that I the vibe I got, got from that crew and, and then her in particular was it felt like a, a 70s vibe I don't know if it was the afro um, <clears throat> it probably was but kind of how she kind of handled herself she had the afro it was very much like a 70s gangster western kind of character uh, and it really kind of fitted in well to the way the film was kind of made and shot and and that crew in particular again what did you guys think of Val? I, I loved them I, again the, even though they weren't in it for that long they were only in it for the very first heist they were still rounded characters fully fleshed out you understood who they were and where they fitted and how they interacted mm. it, it it didn't feel like they were just fillers, just shapes that, that were there just to, to carry a story forward. Yeah. Very well done by Ron Howard, that. I thought it was a shame that, that Val died so, so early. Again, spoiler alert. <laughs> but she, you know, I mean, quite a, a, a good character. And yeah. Thandie Newton is a great actress. And it's yes. quite, quite possibly slightly underused, actually, in the film. Yes. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> but then it was, a good, it was a good story arc. Mm. So. And... I, well, I suppose if... it, it, them dying um, created the hole for Han and Chewie to step into. Yeah. yeah, they were like a necessary means to an end, weren't they, really? Yeah. To kind of pro- progress this particular story uh, and, and, and did that very well as well. And maybe I was, I kind of jumped to a little bit of conclusions here, but when, obviously during this particular, the, the heist where they meet their end, um, as we get to further to the end, I'm going to jump a little bit forward here. Um, we meet Emphy's Nest um, and Emphy's Nest's crew. Um, there's a point where we see Nest take off the helmet and show this young girl. Freckled. Freckled, yeah. yeah. I, I, I'm, first thing I thought was she's the child of Beckett and Val. I don't know why. Um, so did I. I thought that. I, well, you kind of answered my question today. I was going to say, did anyone else think that? <laughs> I, 
I also I made that assumption. I thought she was. You're talking about it like she might not be. I thought that was that was the story. I don't know how I picked up on that. Yeah, I don't think I just that assumed ever, that was the case. Yeah, I don't think that's ever come to light as being true or, or, or whatever. I think a lot of people have kind of jumped to that conclusion because she's obviously a uh, I nearly said a bounty hunter. There, she's not a bounty hunter. She's um, like a pirate stroke uh, robber uh, and uh, kind of fitting into more of a Robin Hood though. Yeah, yeah. Well, as we find out, you know, the, the the bit at the end of the movie where we see that she says to Han, you know, come and join the rebellion. I was so taken back by that. Yes. So that's the, she's one of the founding members of the rebellion. Yeah, and that's what she says to Han as well, doesn't she? Oh, you know, you something on the lines of, oh, you, you'll know it in your heart to find it one day or something like that. Yes. Um <clears throat> But so think, many nice carryovers to the, the yes, original trilogy. Yes, I like that touch. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that the whole rebellion link, as it were, um, is interesting because this is obviously, as we now know, it's set. This well, this part of it was obviously seven years before uh, a new hope, which is then in turn two years before the TV show Rebels, um, and we can then obviously think that. Hopefully, Enfys Nest is going to be around at some point during that, that the original trilogy era. So you never know, she might pop up uh, in another movie or if they make a sequel to Solo, perhaps. Yeah. Possibly. <clears throat> I thought, oh, hell, it was fantastic. Yeah. It, oh. Yeah, it was my favourite. Yeah. And I love the swoop bikes. Again, I think that'd be another good collection to the Lego set for Andy. Yeah, or Black Series. Imagine Ooh. Black Series on a speeder, on a swoop bike. Yeah, that would be cool. That would be cool. I like the way we're all kind of thinking of how our collection is going to get bigger <laughs> and better because <laughs> of this movie. Um, yeah, but, ironically... Okay. To, to, to go back to um, Last Jedi, not one moment do I think I want to have a collectible from The Last Jedi. That's Whereas exactly where I was going to go. I'm, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, I, I want that as a collectible. I want that. I want that. Disney, you need to take note of this. This is what will make you money. Not churning out a film that no one is interested in doing, doing the collectibles from. Yeah. Yeah. It's very true, Dave. It's very true. Um, I bought, again, taking the subject back to Lego, I bought a couple of Last Jedi sets, but before the film came out, um, I think yeah, I think you took advantage of the same offer if I remember right at the time. They were yep. they were three for two. Um, I, I picked I got, up the, the heavy Walker and that was it. I've got nothing else. Yes, yeah, so I've got the Walker, the Imperial. Well, not not the Imperial, uh, the, the the big triangle thing. I can't think what it's called. Star Destroyer. 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 That was it. <laughs> um, and I got the bomber. Yes, and I actually haven't built any of those yet. Yeah. <laughs> And, and they're, they're probably going to be bottom of the pile for me to, to build. The only other set I've got from The Last Jedi was Defence of Crate, which actually I thought was a fairly, a fairly cleverly designed ship, and I quite like that. Mm. And it was half price, so I thought, why not? <laughs> um, certainly not something I would have bought full price. But yeah, that, that, this, this, the film doesn't really sell the items to me, like no. the, the stuff in Solo. Like I said, the, oh, was, the whole Solo film, I was just thinking, oh, I want that. Oh, I want that. <laughs> But that's shit. We're we're already thinking of what things like okay. I've got the range trooper already, but I've not I've not got the rest yet. But I I will be. 
But that that's where we're at. We're we're almost making up. That needs to be a set. That needs to be a black series. That needs to be a star a, a, a Lego larger mm. um, figure set. It, it is right. This right. is what makes the money. I mean, a quick a quick recce in your head. I've got, again, I've got a list here because it's a bit of a shopping list. Um, <laughs> you've got that just just uh, just Lego alone. The Han Solo releases. You've got the Castle of Millennium Falcon, one hundred and fifty yes. quid. You've got an Imperial Tie Fighter, sixty-five. So that's two hundred and fifteen. Moloch Speeder, another forty-five. So that again, you, you're, you're looking at two hundred quid easily more. Han Solo and Speeder. So you know they make a huge amount of money off the collectibles. Like you say, if no one's gonna, if no one's gonna buy them off the back of a, a bad film. There's so much more income there that they're going to miss it out on. Because I will get all of these, eventually. Yeah. So, yeah, a quick, yeah, it's about 230 quid's worth of Lego. Yeah. Just, I, because, just because I enjoyed the film. Yeah, and I, I picked up the uh, the TIE Fighter from this when I was over in uh, Disney World <clears throat> a few weeks back. Uh, and, and obviously followers of Twitter will be able to see my, my bag building uh, through that a couple of weeks ago. But again, when I, when I was out there and I looked at the Lego sets, to your point, Andy, mate, they were they were so much better than what we had for the Last Jedi. Um, I picked up the Tie Silencer purely because it was Kylo Ren's. Um, there was nothing else that kind of stood out for me. I didn't even pick up the ATM six that you two guys have got uh, from yeah. a collection point of view. And the only other thing that I ended up picking up from the Last Jedi was a Praetorian Guard, um, but in, in the in the Black series, and and that, that was it. Whereas when I look at this. You know, when I next time I go to a Disney store, if they start bringing out Black Series for for this and if more okay. Lego sets, oh, I'm going to go out of town. Okay, <laughs> can I raise the stakes here? <laughs> I might be buying a car because of this film. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you need to add context into that one, please, mate. You just have to right. go one better, don't you, Dave? You okay, just have okay, to go okay. that, that one step. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. <laughs> I need to explain this, surely. Right, yes, yeah, I, I am yeah. looking for a new car. I, I am, my company has given me a company car in the past, and they're moving me off a company car ag- agreement onto a car allowance scheme. So I'm allowed to now go out and choose my own car. So I've been looking. Yeah, yes. So I've been looking <laughs> at a range of cars. And I've got a certain type of car I'm interested in, which is the SUV-style range, because I want a larger family car. So that's that's in my head where I'm looking. And I've seen a number of different cars, and I've, I've gone for test drives of a number of different cars. And I had my shortlist. My shortlist was a Toyota CHR and the Kia Sportage. They were my two cars, both of them high-spec ones, and, and I knew how much I was going to spend, and that's where it was. It never had I even considered... Renault. As far as I was concerned, sorry to all of our French listeners, it's a French brand, and so I immediately discounted it. Sounds awful, <laughs> but that's what happened. So I, historically, I they are bad cars. To be fair, that is that is they just are. again. Yeah. Sorry for any French fans, but yeah, your cars aren't great. Yeah. So that was where my head was, and then I saw on Twitter that Renault were running a Star Wars. <laughs> promotion <laughs> and the SUV model the catcher was the solo car <laughs> <laughs> I went for a test drive yesterday 
<laughs> now that's my number two. It might even be number one at the moment. I don't know. So it's it's possible. It's definitely kicked out the the Kia Sportage, and it's vying with the CHR, the Toyota CHR now. And that is purely because someone had slapped a Solo logo on it. <laughs> I would not even have considered looking at it. I discounted Renault. I'm now looking at spending twenty seven thousand pounds on a car. So because at, of Solo. <clears throat> so at the start of the show, Dave, you went on a rant about how badly Disney have marketed this, but ultimately their marketing have sold you a car. <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> Renault's did. <laughs> I don't quite understand the tie-in with Solo. To be fair, there is there's been an advert, hasn't there? And it's been the yes. there's, a, there's a, a mother and a son driving along, and they're being chased by the um, the stormtrooper police. And the swoop bikes. And there's Chewie on, on the top of that sort of train type thing, shooting yep. down at people. Um, and then all of a sudden, then they arrive at the premiere of Solo, um, yes. or, or there's some sort of you know big showing of Solo, and she gives him the tickets or whatever, and he gets out of the car. But, I mean, it's, I it's, a, it's a bit of a tenuous link, I think. It is, it is. But I think there was a special edition of the, the Kadja car um, at the Solo premiere that had... That was all decked out looking like the, the Falcon in colour scheme-wise. Obviously, it didn't look like the Falcon, but it was all colour schemed to look like the Falcon. It even had a turret on top, a gun turret on top. So I did see that as a as a promo car, and I thought, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I'm but sorry to disappoint you, but Dave, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Dave won't understand. be options. They <laughs> won't be options on the, uh, on the UK spec. <laughs> yeah, you won't be able to get a hyperdrive. Yeah, you need to Dave. buy that in Texas to get the gun turret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Dragging this very reluctantly back to the film. Wrong, <laughs> <laughs> wrong. We, we've obviously been going for about... So, so, so anyway, so, okay, just, just to round that out, a good movie will sell a car. <laughs> <laughs> There's, we've, we have been going for about an hour and 20 minutes, listeners, uh, and obviously we haven't even touched on... Uh, quite a lot of the story to be fair uh, and I think this will definitely spill over uh, to a second episode uh, for Solo possibly even a third because there's a lot that I have to say about one particular part of this movie uh, which I will go into a little bit today but I think we'll save the rest of it for next time um, but as you we, have to <clears throat> yeah absolutely but I think as we were talking about Enfy's Nest and, and Beckett I really want to kind of kind of now jump into that 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 heist scene where we see them go to this ice planet I, I can't remember for the life of me the name of it uh mainly because i don't actually tell you on the screen uh which is a good thing but clearly a bad thing as i, I can't dis- describe it but we know that there's this train um they are trying to hijack um fuel uh it seems hyperdrive fuel uh to, to then obviously then go ahead and sell and obviously what we then see is the attempted heist of this particular a carriage of the train um, that they they try to steal, and here's where going back to your point, Dave. This is where I started thinking about. This is where we see the range troopers, um, and it's clear as to why they're obviously wearing the the fur and and, and the outfit, and they have these magnetic boots. Um, oh, obviously cool. That is yeah. so cool because obviously what we see is that the train kind of tilts from side to side as it goes around mountains. Um, can we talk about a treacherous train route? You know, they could have tried to make it a little bit easier, surely. Um, but I, for me, I think this is a really good scene that they've kind of built here. Um, 
and set the scene of how the team collectively works. You know that how what, what Mera, going to turn to you on this one. What was your thoughts as you was watching this scene? You know, was it? Did you find it exciting, etc.? Oh yeah, I like the way the um, I, I want a pair of those boots so I can. <laughs> no, I just thought it was really. Um, I thought it was really well done. I mean, there's not much about this movie that I don't like, to be honest, but um, I did like their arrival. Uh, what stuck out to me, though, is that nobody is really paying attention to Han when he's the last one to jump on the train, and he's like, oh, I'm okay, I'm okay. And I'm just like, typical Han. It was just kind of one of those little bitty things, but it was perfect to me. And then, of course, when Woody, I'm not even in the character, what's his character's name again? Beckett? Beckett, yeah. Uses the hatch as a, I like the way just the way the whole thing was orchestrated was. Oh, yeah, it's the, it's the shield. Yeah, it, it was classic. It was classic. Uh, I don't know, cowboys and Indians, not just. Well, yeah, I was going to say it was very western, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was and the, great. The robbing the train with the Indians, sorry, yeah. Native Americans chasing after them on on horses. That's what it felt like. Yeah, yeah, I really liked it. And you weren't sure about Enfrey's Nest. I mean, what was she? Was, was, you know, good, bad, whatever. Just nice touches. It was really well done. I loved it. I really want a pair of those boots, though. <laughs> Does that mean you want to start boosting the train? Yeah, that was great. I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no, I was just joking. I said, do you, do you want a pair of those boots so you can start boosting trains as well? Well, <laughs> well. <laughs> So I can get that car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Note to yourself, Dave. That's what you need to do, mate. You know, you need to get a pair of the boots and uh, take the car for a test drive. <laughs> <laughs> that, that scene, um, Alex, that scene actually reminded me a little bit, and I'm, I do mean this in a positive way, of some of the James Bond films. There's quite often a, a, a sort yeah. of you know, gun-touting yeah. chase on top of a train or some sort of moving vehicle. I think there's, yes. a, there's, a, there's been a couple actually since Daniel Craig took in the role, um, and I mean I, I, I do like the James Bond films. There's not many film franchises that I do like. Star Wars is obviously one of them, um, and the James Bond films are another as well. Um, but that, it reminded me of that a little bit. But yeah, like I say, in a good way. I thought it was mm -hmm. really well filmed. Um, it was a long scene, but yeah. that it wasn't necessarily a bad thing. Yes, yeah. it kept my interest throughout. Different things kept happening. Well, yeah. and you lost two characters in it too. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. You were seeing their interaction and their roles and what have you as well. Yeah, there was development just in that particular scene, which mm. I thought was great. And obviously, yeah, the, you know, the, the, I said before, before earlier that the uh, the ship was was pretty cool. The way it was hovering above and clamp, clamping onto one of the things with cables and stuff like that. It was yeah, I thought I, thought, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, excellent in IMAX 3D as well. I thought it was there. Oh, yeah. Stage. It was fantastic. Yeah, I saw it in IMAX 3D as well, and I thought that scene in particular really stood out for yeah. the value for money, as it were, uh, watching it in IMAX, <laughs> absolutely. Um, because, yeah, I think touching on the fact that we lose Val, we lose Rio, um, and, and we then see kind of hand jumping in the pilot seat pretty much, as it were, for the first time of like a massive spaceship. But then we also yeah. see Beckett really laying into him at the end of it because he let go of the cargo. Uh, and we clearly saw what yes. happened. Why? And I think this was the first time we'd seen kind of Han get an absolute kind of teared into from Beckett here. And But again, it's kind of a way to, you know, is that a foreshadowing of him dropping the cargo for Jabba? 
you know, that that's the way that I see it. You know, he got into a little bit of trouble and automatically just dropped his cargo. Is that exactly what happened with Jabra as well? Well, I don't know. He's he, Remember, he's a good guy. He doesn't want to lose lives. He cares about people more than the, than the hall. I mean, I don't know what the whole story was about uh, the thing with Jabba, but he was more concerned with what I saw was just like, hey, it'd be great to have this money, but there are people dying here. Yeah. Yes, because he thought they were stealing it for themselves at the time. He didn't realize right. there was a bigger there was a bigger party involved. Right. I do also think that Han isn't actually particularly good at being a smuggler. Is it? No, he's horrible. You, yeah, <laughs> he's horrible. But even in even they 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 took that in the Force Awakens as well. Obviously, he, he was a lot older in that, and he was hauling the rancors. Hmm. And he still uh, that, did that just, <laughs> It's just disastrous. The whole thing was just disastrous. But and then so you have these these gangs turn up at the start saying, "We well, didn't do this," and and I, I actually love that particular bit in the scene yeah. where I, I, again I can't remember the quote. Um, we we'll, we'll have to try and look it up, but. He, Chewie, they accuse Han of, of letting him say so many times, and then Chewie nods it back and he goes, like, "Yeah, as, you, you have let him down several yeah. times." Han. <laughs> yeah, I just it's brilliant. I, again, I can't remember. I can't remember the quote it, but well, it's just, just he gets accused of doing something twice, and he goes, "No, no, no, it was one." one. And then Chewie that says something. Was the second well, 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 Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He nodded in it. He's like nodded as if to say, "Come on, Han." You know, you can't lie. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's really good. But yeah, there's a there's a bit of a, a theme throughout, isn't there? The whole the whole franchise of Han trying yeah. and sort of failing. Possibly bit. not being as good as what he thinks he is. Yeah, I think there's a certain arrogance. And, mm-hmm. and I think you touched on it earlier, Dave, there's a bit of naivety as well. I think he thinks he's a big, you know, gangster, but actually he probably doesn't realise what's involved to be that sort of character. He just likes to think he is. <laughs> yes, because Becky is that type of character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Well, he didn't learn new tricks, so... <laughs> no, he just got better at talking himself, talking out of yes. it. Yes, yes, he was he was the smooth-talking swindler, really, isn't he? <laughs> That's all he's good at, isn't it? Yeah, he, he convinces people that he can do it. Yeah. And like that he's last... got a thermal detonator in his hand. <laughs> yeah. yeah, okay, another example. Not like Lando, who's, you know, smooth. Oh, Mr. Suave. Oh, yeah. Well, that's, that's something that I wanted to jump into. I think this might be the last thing that we possibly discussed today, uh, looking at how long we've been running already, uh, is, <clears throat> is the Lando Calrissian character. Um, we were obviously introduced to Lando in Empire Strikes Back, uh, Return of the Jedi. We see him pop up in Rebels as well. Um, and obviously there's, he's still this suave, sophisticated individual. Um, but, of course, the how we meet him uh, in Solo is where Kira and Han go to find a find him to find the fastest ship in the galaxy um, and to find him as, as the pilot. Um, and this is where we first see Han play him at Sabak or Sabak, depending on how you say it. Uh-huh. Um, and then obviously we see Han introduces us with Han, and then Lando calls him Han. No, sorry, he introduces himself as Han, but he calls him Han, uh, which again yeah. I thought was a really nice interchange uh, between the characters. Um, now, I don't know about you guys, but when I saw this scene, I was thinking, yes, this is where we're going to see him lose the ship. Um, and it doesn't look like Technically. Well, we know that Lando cheated. Uh, <laughs> yes. <you know. laughs> he did, technically. So technically, yeah, he did, but I, went, I was thinking, oh my God, this is, this is going to be so cool. And I must admit, the interchange over the, the game of Sabacc was, was really cool. But then when, mm-hmm. he did it, when he, I'm thinking, all right, this 
what are they going to do? You know, he clearly <laughs> loses it. And again, we know the backstory. Um, but guys, you know, Andy, what was your thoughts as you was watching this? It was, I thought it was a really cool scene. I, I thought it was fantastic. Um, I actually, and, and I don't want to ignite the fire within you, Alex, but it was, a, it was, it, Canto Bite <laughs> was, was a, was a gambling based scene. And obviously when I saw them around the table and I thought, oh, they're gambling. Oh, oh, what's going to happen here? But actually it was fine. It was fine. It was, it was, it was nowhere was near. It, it was nowhere near the Canto Bite. No. <laughs> Thankfully. So, yeah, no, I, I thought, I thought the whole thing was, I thought the whole thing was really, really, really cleverly done actually. And, um, I mean, Donald Glover for me, he's an absolute, he's such a legend. Um, I mean, is there anything the guy can't do? I remember looking on, on Wikipedia ages ago, we're just reading about him, and he's like, comedian, singer, songwriter, DJ, something else, something else. The, yeah. the guy just does everything. And he was, I thought he was fantastic in this film. I thought it was really good. Great it's, casting. Linkage. Did, did, did you hear what he said when he met Kira? He no, does I, Orlando. Well, hello. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. And he just gets, he carries it off. It is 100% Lando, that. Believable. It actually looks like a younger Lando as well, which obviously helps, but yeah. I thought he's, I, there's, there's nothing that guy cannot do, in my opinion, in and out of Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah, and they're repartee between each other, Han and Lando, especially yes. like, you know, when Lando's got, after the Falcon crashes, basically. And, yes. and then at the end, where it was so classic because we got the Empire Strikes Back, but in reverse. Yeah. When they yes. when he caught him cheating, when he took the card from yeah. his little sleeve there at the end and gave him wait, that big wait, hug, wait, like, oh, to see you. <laughs> Perfect. That was so good. But you've also got the bit where they're they're confronted by Voss's henchman, and he turns around and he goes. No, no, I've got a, a team of mercenaries. They're all in that ship over there. And they're going to come out and they'll surround. Oh, the ship's just taken off. <laughs> that, they see, that, that, Dave, is a great example. I don't mean to go on a slight tangent here. That is a great example where the humour in this film worked. Yeah. Yes. It did not work in The Last Jedi. It yeah. did not work at all. It was too, too like Marvel films in The Last Jedi. In this film, the humour was Star Wars humour. It was substantial. It was well delivered. I watched it. I laughed. I didn't laugh because it was naff. The the humour was character driven, which why it makes, which is why it works. You know, the way the lines were delivered was Hando. The way the line uh, Lando, not Hando. uh, The way the lines. That's that's the hybrid. (laughs) (laughs) The, The way that everything was delivered was. Han, the way it was done was Lando. The interaction between Han and Chewie, yeah, it, yes. it was humorous because it, it, it worked and they and they connected incredibly well. Uh, whereas to your point, Andy, when you look at the humor in The Last Jedi, it just didn't work at all. It just kind of fell flat for me for the most part. Um, whereas I don't actually remember them trying to execute anything funny and it didn't happen for me. You know, every kind of joke landed really well. Uh, the exchanges were working incredibly well. And, you know, to, to your point, mate, it, it nailed it from a humour perspective and purely through the characters and the characters being well acted and well delivered. It did. No, it did. It did. Um, I, th- I was saying um, off, off, off the recording to Dave <clears throat> that the, um, the only thing that didn't really work for me, I'm, I will leave this for the next episode, but was the, the female droid. A little bit forced in parts, I thought. But other than that, I thought the humour was, 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 was bang up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I had the heart of a Star Wars movie, this. 
It was fantastic. Yeah, yeah. I and really enjoyed it. And I think we might have come to a bit of a natural end for part one of our solo discussion, guys. Um, we've been going for hour and a half, give or take. Um, and I think we have gone through so much stuff, but there is a huge amount of stuff. We haven't even touched the sides of this film yet. Um, I don't know. So I'm looking forward to part two and more than likely part three as well, guys. I don't know about you. Um, so just to kind of round off uh, the podcast for today, guys, um, obviously we've gone through quite a lot of the film. I'd say we've pretty much covered almost the first half of it, give or take, uh, with some references to the end of the film as well. Um, Mera, uh, to just round off the podcast today, what are your thoughts on, on Han if you haven't, you know, on, on the Silo movie, if we haven't said it already? What are your closing thoughts? My closing thoughts, um, it's it's really a nice ride. It, it's Star Wars to me. It's um, it's fun, but it's not over funny. It's warm, um, adventurous, uh, quirky, maybe a couple a little slow moments, but it makes sense. It's, you know, go see it. It's fun. It's Han Solo. It's Lando. It's Chewbacca. <laughs> so it doesn't have R2 in it. It's okay. I understand. It's really, it's really fantastic. I, I want to see it again. And I think I've missed so much. There's so much in there and that's subtle and yet overt. Um, so, yeah, go see it. It's uh, Mary gives it a thumbs up. Dave, same to you, my man. What's your closing thoughts? Just go see it. Make your own judgment. Don't listen to the haters that have never seen it. Make up your own mind. See what's in the cinema. Help this movie do well at the cinema because it's the best chance you've got as a fan of seeing more Star Wars movies of the original style. Right. Yes, yes. Andy, closing thoughts from you, mate. I, I, I agree with the other guys. I thought it was, I thought it was inspired. I, I really, really enjoyed it. Walked out of the cinema and thought, yes, that is fantastic. Really, really, really good. And like I say, uh, as I said at the start, like Becky said, Star Wars is back. Um, yeah. I thought, yeah, the casting was great. I just thought, the, I thought the story was great. I mean, not that it wasn't even a huge amount happened in the film, but what happened was really, really good. Yeah. I thought Alden, I, I, oh, what's his name? Alden Ehrenbrick, I think he's how you say. It. I yeah. thought he was great, Han. I know yeah. there were. I read doubts before that you know, oh, is he up to the job? I thought he was fantastic. I'd yeah. never even heard of him. And I, I, thought he was, I thought he was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And like I say, Donald Glover, Amelia Clark, they were both great in it as well. Like, yeah, if you haven't seen it already, go and see it. I certainly will be seeing it again. Yeah. Possibly just to check out if I've got a full shopping list for Lego. But there you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the boys and their toys, anyway. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. No, on, on a serious note, it, I, yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was really good. Really, really good. Awesome. Thank you very much for your time tonight, guys. It's, it's always fun discussing everything and anything Star Wars. For listeners, don't forget, we are the Jedi Council. We are here to discuss everything and anything Star Wars. Catch us on you, on YouTube. No, we're not on YouTube yet. Uh, catch us on, on Twitter. We are at the Jedi underscore Council. Check us on Instagram. We are at the Jedi underscore Council underscore TJC. We are at www.the-jedi-council.com. I got it right, didn't I, Dave? You did indeed. Yes. Well done. <laughs> I think it's... 
I think that might be the first time, Alex. I know, that's what <laughs> I'm thinking. Bang on. Absolutely bang on. <laughs> Outstanding. Uh, see, the, the movie got me in such a good uh, mood. Even talking about it, it made me remember the website. Uh, there you go. That's, that, that in itself is a reason to go and see Star Wars. <laughs> no. But guys, thank you very much for listening. This is part one of a solo uh, a Star Wars uh, story. We will do part two. We will do part three, probably. Uh, so stick with us we'll be back in about a week or so for part two and remember may the force be with you remember the force will be with you always